Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Jamie Baines. Today's guest is Henrico Police Chief Eric English. Chief English has been Henrico's chief for just over a year, and before that, he was the chief in Harrisonburg, Virginia. And before that, he was with the Richmond Police Department from 1989 until 2018, where he retired as the deputy chief. Chief English and I talk about his experiences with the three police agencies, his views on George Floyd in Minneapolis, and his advice for people who may be considering law enforcement as a career choice. We also talk about race relations, though not just between police officers and the community they're sworn to protect. Chief English talks about why he thinks people of the same race may choose to congregate with people who look like they do. I hope you enjoy the interview. And welcome back to the podcast. Today I'm talking to Henrico Police Chief Eric English. How are you, Chief? I'm doing well. Good. I appreciate you coming on the podcast and speaking with us a little bit. Appreciate you having me. Yes, sir. Can you give us um, your background? Now, you started with Richmond as a police officer. Is that correct? That is correct. I started my career there in 1989. Uh, went through the 64th Basic Academy. And how long were you there for, Chief? I was there until 2018. Uh, left in September of 2018 uh, and assumed the role of the police chief in Harrisonburg uh, in September of 18. And what kind of assignments did you have in Richmond? Did you enjoy working there? Oh, my goodness. I had a blast there. Um, you know, the city of Richmond, and I had a great career there, great times, uh, great friends, uh, great camaraderie there. I, I did a little bit of everything. I was, uh, you know, as you know, I started out in patrol. I was only in patrol for a short period of time uh, before I went to a unit uh, called SEU. Mm-hmm. Back then it was called Selective Enforcement Unit. Uh, I was there and worked with a great group of folks and, I uh, was only there for a short period of time before I went to the unit called Strike Force. And I would tell you, Strike Force was probably one of the best assignments I had in my career. Uh, and our focus at that time was the uh, was guns and drugs. And as you know, in the early 90s, uh, the crack ep- epidemic had hit Richmond extremely hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we were trying to deal with a lot of the gun violence that we were seeing in the city. Uh, and had a great group of guys that our focus was trying to remove as many guns off the streets of Richmond as we could. Uh, and so I did that for quite a bit of time before I assumed the role of property crimes detective uh, in the uh, in mid-90s. Uh, 90, uh, I took on that role for a short period of time, and then I tried to go the supervisor route, uh, and I was promoted as sergeant in 1996. So from that point on, you know, I worked at the training academy. Uh, I was a supervisor over at the training academy for about five years, um, got promoted to lieutenant, uh, and worked in, went back to my stopping ground where I started my uh, patrol career and went back to first precinct. Uh, and worked for, uh, at that time, Captain Cohane. Uh, we had a great group of folks over there as well, did a great job there, and uh, eventually I got promoted to captain. Uh, and my career just kind of elevated from there. You know, I was captain for a little over a year before I made major and then elevated myself to uh, deputy chief. Uh, and I was a deputy chief there in Richmond for seven and a half years uh, before retiring. And then you went, um, you took the chief's job in Harrisonburg, correct? That is correct. I was in Harrisonburg for two years, uh, from 2018 uh, to 2020. And my, to be honest with you, I, you know, I, I really thought my career in Harrisonburg uh, was going to, that's where I was going to end, end my policing career. Uh, mm-hmm. That was my goal. Uh, I went there thinking, you know, that was going to be my last stop. I was going to do my time there and I was going to hang up uh, the uniform uh, and retire from, from Harrisonburg. But uh, things changed. <laughs> and then there, now you are Henrico's chief. That is correct. You know, again, I, I would I would just say I, I never saw 
the opportunity to become a Rikos chief, I never saw that becoming available. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, I was very happy where I was in Harrisonburg. You know, I made a commitment. Uh, you know, I, I made actually I made a commitment to be there at least four years. Uh, and, you know, and the reason being is that I, I, I was comfortable there. I just never saw another opportunity that would make me leave Harrisonburg. Uh, and then all of a sudden this opportunity in, in, in Rico comes about. And it was very a fairly easy decision to make to come back uh, this way, um, but you know I, I still felt like I had some unfinished business in Harrisonburg. You mm-hmm. know we had some great things going on there. Uh, I felt like you know some things I still wanted to get done, but I, I just could not pass up the opportunity to come back here and, and lead this organization. Are you from Richmond, the Richmond area chief? I am not. I am from North Carolina. Okay. I had no idea. I, I wasn't sure if you were from Richmond area or Harrisonburg. Um, how did did like, did you know anything about Harrisonburg when he went um, over there? Uh, very little. Um, the only thing I knew about Harrisonburg, you know, I played basketball at the University of Richmond, and mm-hmm. you know, we J, JMU was in our conference, mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know, we would have to go up there every year in order to play them. But other, outside of that, you know, I knew some some uh, students that went to uh, JMU when I was in school. Uh, I had some friends that went to school there, uh, but outside of the the you know, the school itself, uh, things Madison itself, I didn't know a whole lot about the city. Was it a big change going from deputy chief in Richmond to becoming the actual chief of a police department in Harrisonburg and then again into uh, Henrico? No, I, w- I would say no. Uh, and the reason I say that, Jamie, is because, uh, I don't, you know, I always tell people when you police in Richmond, uh, you can pretty much police anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, and again, I always I tell people you police in Richmond is like policing on steroids. <laughs> uh, you know, you, as you know, it's busy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it, there's no there's no bones about it. It never slows up. There's always something going on in the city. Uh, and so me moving as a deputy chief in Richmond, going to Harrisonburg, uh, my wife, my wife was saying, you know, Chief Eric, you're policing in Mayberry now uh, <laughs> because because that's how that's how that, the disparity on how busy you were. Uh, was just a total. It was totally different, mm-hmm. uh, and so not saying that Harrisonburg doesn't have any issues, uh, but you know, going from Richmond to Harrisonburg was, you know, it, it, to me it was very easy, very easy transition. Uh, and then again, because I felt like we were a lot, a lot more progressive in Richmond, mm-hmm. there was a lot of ideas I was able to take to Harrisonburg and try to move them in the right direction. Uh, and then you know, transitioning to Henrico, it was almost like. Uh, kind of in between mm-hmm. uh, Harrisonburg and the city. Uh, Henrico is very steady in, in what, what is going on here uh, in terms of crime, in terms of concerns from from uh, citizens within within the county. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, I, I still think still think that transition uh, in my time in Richmond made it very easy uh, for me to assume the role as a police chief. And I want to talk to you a little bit about um, about the events of last summer. And in one of your Facebook posts on your Facebook page, um, you were very upset with a lot of us were with what happened in um, Minnesota with uh, Floyd, correct? Yeah, yeah, it was very, very disturbing, very disturbing. What were your feelings about that when you saw it? Because your your post was very was very strong about what happened. Well, I'll be honest with you, it was a lot of anger. Mm-hmm. Uh, I felt a lot of anger, uh, and so. You know, as a law enforcement officer and, you know, you look at citizens who are angry, I, I was angry. Um, you know, anytime you see something like that where there's just no regard uh, for human life, uh, 
that 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 angered me because you know again as you know we are we're held to a much higher standard mm-hmm. uh, than than the normal citizen and so uh, you know to see a man suffer like that uh, at the hands of somebody who's supposed to be a protector mm-hmm. uh, was very disturbing to me and again you know that's not something that is ever taught in any academy that I've ever been a- associated with I've never seen anybody teach that. Um, you know, having somebody's uh, knee on somebody's neck. I, I've never seen that being taught. And so to see that occur was very disturbing to me. And, uh, and so it, it, it touched me in a different way than I've seen other incidents. But, uh, uh, you know, you know, hopefully this is something that the profession can learn from and we can grow from and, and, and be, be much better. And were you in Harrisonburg, Chief, when this happened, or were you in the process of transitioning over to Henrico? I was, I, w- I was in Harrisonburg at the time. Did you guys have any issues over there um, with protests about what was going on, or because you know Richmond obviously had a lot of uh, had a lot of protests, and there was a lot of um, in addition to the peaceful protests, there was a lot of damage and a lot of um, back and forth. Did you guys in Harrisonburg have any of that? We had protests, but our, our protests were very peaceful. Uh, we facilitated a lot. Uh, we had facilitated, helped facilitate the protests with, with many of the folks that, w- that wanted to get out and speak out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also had a town hall at uh, the courts building. Uh, I was requested by many of the citizens to come out and answer questions about what we do in, in our police, de- police department. Uh, they wanted me and the uh, Commonwealth attorney to, to come and ask, answer some questions. And uh, as we stood out in front, of, in front of the courts building with about I would say four to five hundred people. Uh, again, people were angry. Mm-hmm. They were yelling, screaming, uh, asking a lot of questions of us. Uh, and you know, to be honest with you, Jamie, they came to find out that a lot of the things they wanted us to do in Harrisonburg, we were already doing. Uh, so it, it was a point where people felt like we did the same thing that Minneapolis did. You know, mm-hmm. we had the same policies and procedures. And, and as you know, police departments operate differently. Mm-hmm. And so many of the things they wanted us to do, we were already doing anyway. They just didn't know that. Uh, so it was very it was very easy for me to stand up and, and answer those questions, even though it was a very hostile environment. And it seemed like, and, and you can probably speak to this as well as I can. You said Richmond was a is and was a progressive police department. I think in Richmond we're doing the exact same things. Probably you guys were doing in Harrisonburg, and but people assumed that we were doing things differently. I, I, I would totally agree. I mean, it, you know, when we talk about uh, community policing. Uh, in the city of Richmond, you know, compared to agencies that I've even been associated with. And again, this is my third agency. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was nobody that I've known that have gotten out communities and did so many different programs in order to make connections with citizens uh, than, than the city. And so, uh, you know, it's very disturbing when you see see people and say say things about departments that they really don't have a true understanding of what what is what is taking place and, and the connections that have been tried that have been made within that organization. And so it was the same way when I was in Harrisonburg. You know, I'm like, why are y'all screaming and yelling mm-hmm. when we're not even? We don't do that. We don't. We don't have. We don't have chokeholds in our policy. And you're screaming for us to take them out of our policy, and we've never had them in the policy to begin with. So it's things like that that people don't really understand. Uh, and again, I think that's one of the things that we have flaws in in, in in departments that we're we don't market ourselves well enough for people to really understand everything that we do. And uh, that's something that we really got to work on uh, because people will make assumptions about law enforcement across the board and we as you know we all operate a little bit differently do you think that's where the disconnect was um between what they think and what that what we did we just didn't publicize it enough prior to what was going on 
I think that was part of it, Jamie, but I also think it's because, it's because you know, a lot of the protests, uh, a lot of the protesters are not from the area. Mm-hmm. And so when you have people that don't, they're not from the area, you know, they don't really know what, what, what the police department is all about. So, uh, that, you know, that plays a role. You know, those that have been working with, with the city uh, police department and officers there know what that police department does and what we have, what, what was taking place there. Mm-hmm. You know, when you talk about organizations that, you know, you're connecting with faith leaders, you're doing community events uh, in public housing, uh, you have programs like Mirror Me that were taking place. All those things were, were things that, I, you know, you just didn't see in other departments. And it was, uh, it was pretty rampant and consistent throughout, you know, my tenure there in terms of what was going on as far as making community connections. So I think a lot of that is just you had people protesting that really had no clue because they were never associated actually with the police department and didn't have a connection with them. Mm -hmm. Do you think the media at the time, mainstream and local, helped or hurt or or do you you have an opinion at all about um, the role, if any, that they played? Well, I think the the fact is, you know, the media is always going to be out. uh, And again... You know how they project what what is taking place does play a role in how uh, you know how others are going to view the, that movement and, pro, and and how they're going to protest. Mm-hmm. So I you know it's hard for me to say you know because I don't you know I'm not here here to try to bash media. Absolutely, yeah. uh, and all. neither am and, I. And again, yeah, and, and again, I guess as you said, you know, media is going to play their role. And again, there's you know I, I always say it is in, in, in policing there there's some there're going to be some bad apples mm-hmm. in policing and just like any profession you're going to have some media is going to be great, great media that's going to is going to do it the right way and then others you know it's it's going to be more uh dramatized in, in in terms of what's going on uh so i think there's a uh you know we all we have all have a responsibility uh and and to assure that you know what is taking place is accurate and accurate information that's being displayed mm mm-hmm. mhm what would you? What would your advice be, Chief, to officers who are or people who want to become police officers but might be a little put off about what they see and and maybe how officers are being treated? Because there there are some retention problems um, within departments in the area. Um, other par- departments don't have the retention problems. What would your advice be to somebody who wants to go into law enforcement? Well, I think a lot of it is that people are you know there's been a huge change in in and how police how policing has uh, progressed uh, over the last few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think a lot of folks coming into the agency, I would just encourage them that if you want to be part of that change, uh, this is a great opportunity. You know, it's easy for people to sit on the sidelines and say, you know, this is what should take place. This is what we should be doing, you know, but you got to get in the game in order to make those things uh, come to fruition. So I would just encourage those that are looking to, to go into the business to ensure that you're getting into it for the right reasons, and the, and the right reasons is to make the make the profession better, uh, and and be able to treat citizens and be able to resolve issues. And so, if you're able to do that, uh, you got good communication skills. This may be this may be the profession for you. Uh, agencies are going to teach you how to be the police, but uh, you know if you're not able to communicate with individuals and be able to treat people to pro- appropriately, uh, then this may not be the profession that you need to get into. Uh, but I would just encourage you that because again, we uh, as you know. There's been a lot of change over the, the last couple a couple of years in terms of what we're doing and what we're able to do. Uh, but if you want to be that change agent, then this is a profession for you. And what, like for a normal everyday citizen, what would you like them to know about police officers? <clears throat> because they, again, they might have questions, or they might they might wonder, you know, the, all they see is a uniform. 
what would you say, you know, to a citizen who wants to know what a police officer is like? Well, I think the, the biggest thing is that, you know, it almost seems like we're a separation from normal society. Uh, and, you know, and that's far from the truth. I mean, we're, we're husbands, we're dads, we're fathers, we're mothers, you know, we're, we're just like everybody else. We got families too. Uh, and I would just say, you know, the majority of officers, we really, we truly care about people. Mm -hmm. uh, and you have to care about people in order to be in this profession. Otherwise, we wouldn't be doing this job. And so I would just say, you know, the folks that I work with, we really care about people. We care about what goes in the communities. You know, are there, are there situations that we have seen across the country uh, in terms of bad policing? Of course, that, that has happened. Uh, we don't deny those things. And so I think for the, for the majority of folks that are working in this profession, though, we, we really truly care about what we do and we're committed to what we do. Uh, and so I would just say that, you know, we're, we're no different than anyone else. Uh, you know, like I said, we, you know, we, uh, we, we enjoy some of the same things that others enjoy. Uh, we like to spend time with our families as well. Uh, but we, we just, we do truly care about communities and care about people that we serve. And what would you say about race relations? Um, just kind of in general, just your take on it. Um, I spoke with Vaughn Jones on one of my podcasts and we were talking about how it's, it seems to be hard for different people of different races to sit down and talk and ask questions without, you know, somebody labeling somebody as a racist. And it's, where do you think, where do you think we need to start or where do we need to go to break down kind of the barriers maybe between the races and being able to talk openly about it? I think one of the things that has to take place, and again, it's, it's very difficult and people have a hard time doing it. I, th I think you got to have communication with folks that don't look like you, mm -hmm. folks that come from a different era, era than you do. That's the only way you're going to be able to break down uh, those barriers. Because again, and again, with, the, with any race, we have a tendency to, to, uh, to gravitate to our own. Mm -hmm. uh, on age groups, you know, this is a person that looks like me. I don't want to have a conversation with this individual. But there's so much that we don't know about different generations of people. Uh, and we need to be able to have those conversations and be able to understand uh, backgrounds that people have come from. Mm -hmm. uh, and until you do that, you're going to have some disparity or or at least some uh, some issues uh, between races because we uh, we shy away from those and we shy away from those tough conversations. Uh, sometimes it may not always be what you want to hear, mm -hmm. but it's what's necessary. And so I think that's where it starts. I kind of I you know I try to encourage my folks to be able to get out in communities and be able to have conversations with people that don't look like them and people that came from different eras, mm -hmm. because you learn so much uh, from individuals that, uh, that, that you don't normally associate with. And do, so I think that's where it has to start. Do you think we people gravitate to their own group out of a hatred for another group or just because, um, just because they are so much alike? Just because they're so much alike. I just think that's, I just think that's normal. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you, you look, you look at any, you, you look at any group of individuals, and Jamie, and I know you you worked in the in the business for a while, uh, but I think that was you know that was evident in police departments, evident you know it's evident in everyday life, it evident it's evident in in team sports. Mm -hmm. I mean, you just gravitate to individuals that you have you have things in common with, uh, and sometimes it's very difficult for you to get out of your comfort zone. But in order to make change and to be able to build those relationships with other folks, you have to be able to have those tough conversations and be able to get out of your comfort zone. I agree. I agree a hundred percent. And this, that's the conversations I want to have with, you know, with people of everybody, every different people. And I think talking and the, especially listening to each other and not talking at each other 
is one of the, the keys as well. Totally agree. Well, Chief, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Do you have any um, last things you want folks to know, either about you or about the Henrico Police Department or about Richmond Police Department or any police departments? No, I would just say from an Enrico standpoint, I mean, I, I, I just finished my first year here. Uh, last week was uh, was my one year in Enrico, and it, it has been great. I, I can tell you that it's been very difficult uh, because you still we've still been dealing with the pandemic, mm-hmm. and a lot of things that have taken place in Enrico, uh, I have not really been able to get out and really communicate and associate with many of the people in, in the county just because of that. And so uh, I am really looking forward to, you know, some – more prosperous years here in Enrico, uh, you know, couldn't couldn't have chose a, a better location in order to land. And so uh, I would say that, to, you know, to those that are listening, you know, the men and women here uh, and, 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 and police agencies across this country, uh, you know, our, our, our objective is always to try to be better. And I think what you will what you will start seeing a lot more of is, is, is those things that you just mentioned, Jamie. You'll see, you know, you talk about those conversations, having those conversations with individuals. I think that's that's those are things you're going to see more happen more often than not, mm-hmm. uh, because people are starting to get out of those comfort zones and have those conversations with one another, internally and externally. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think that's going to make us better individuals, and I think it'll make us better police officers because we have a true understanding of the individuals that we're we're going to be serving. So I, I certainly appreciate you having me on and having the opportunity to talk about it. Thank you very much. I appreciate. it. Will you come back and talk to us again? Oh, no doubt. All right. Thanks, Chief. All right, thank you. Take care of yourself. All right, you too. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's it, guys. What did you think of Chief English? I think his views on race are spot on. As I've mentioned before, I think we needed to talk to each other, and just as importantly, we need to listen to each other and come into what can be a difficult conversation with an open mind and a desire to really understand where the person we're talking to comes from. I hope you come back for more interviews with many different people. Take care of each other. Thanks for listening.